Welcome to Speaking Cinema Series Movie Jibber Jabber, a movie podcast broadcasting to you from Hollywood Prefecture in New Los Angeles, California State, United Federation of States, Planet Earth. We are Speaking Cinema. We talk about a movie to give it context, then watch it, then talk about it having had seen it. Listen to us Shiver Jabber every single Monday on your favorite iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. I am your host, Gang Lord, Mr. Jibber Jabber, hosting here with me today, as always, that Keystone Cop, Kevin. That's me. Brother. Just, just, a, <laughs> just a bumbling Keystone Cop. <laughs> just can't get it done. Just going, oh, jeez, chief. I suck. That's the weirdest thing about Last House on the Left is that there's like this hardcore, like, you know, violence against women and all this stuff, and then cut back to Keystone Cops, like, eating a sandwich. It's like all the stuff spilling out of it. Yep. It's like, no. <laughs> totally, we're just, you know, it's, it's, there are, it's, these are hard it's turns. Wild, it's a wild west in terms of tone. It's, a, it's over, it's not quite a U turn, but it's definitely over 90 degrees. <laughs> this is season 13. This is us. We're, Hitting our milestones, doing some movies that we just want to do coming up. Why not? It's episode 101, and we promised it, Kev. So we did. So here it is, this time on the Jibber Jabber, the battle for New Los Angeles, 2008 Turbo Cop. Yes. It's surreal we, for me. We've to, been talking about it. We, I made an offhanded promise uh, 50 episodes ago that we would do this. 49 to be, no, 51 maybe, to be exact whatever the point is is that it's surreal to say this movie because it is directed by me yes. jeff and matt written by me jeff and matt animation by me jeff and matt and starring me jeff and matt matt a, a true diy homemade movie matt former uh host of the podcast uh exactly right it was We'll get into that in one second. And Jeff, who does our music, who, if he lived in L.A., would be probably next to us on this couch. But, um, yeah. There you go. This is weird. You guys made a feature-length animated film. Stop motion. Stop motion animated, which is very hard to do. <laughs> I would argue it's much easier than any other kind of animation because... True. You got the stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you really gotta go one frame at a time, though. Um, produced by TurboCorp. TurboCorp. And uh, distribution by us through Vimeo. <laughs> Fuck YouTube. Because when we tried to upload this to YouTube, this is, again, 2008, nine years ago. Wait, no. Uh, well, yeah, nine years ago. Nine years ago. Nine years is not a long amount of time in the relative scheme of time. In terms of internet file video hosting, yes. nine years ago <laughs> is a thousand years ago. Yes. Because that, I remember when YouTube was like 10 gigs max. Yes. That, that's what happened with TurboCop. Yep. That's that's why it's on in three parts on Vimeo. Because we couldn't upload the whole thing. And Vimeo went up to... I think it was up to 25 minutes. So we were like, okay, we can just cut it into thirds. And then with... Uh, or no, 30 minutes. So we cut it into thirds. And YouTube... And my YouTube account, it's sitting in there. Like, like you know, your past uploads. Uh, and it's like rejected too long. <laughs> so now... Apparently now if we tried to do it, it would work. Because you could request more time. Yeah. But... It's... Uh, yeah. Because people put full movies up on YouTube. Exactly. HD, even. It's like... Yeah, it's, it's totally changed. You know, you can't even conceive of like... Oh yeah, an entire movie is 10 gigs. No, it's not. Like, that would never happen. But you can do it now, apparently. So Crazy. You're just born in the wrong era. That's what it was. If you're not familiar, and uh, I assume that most people are not, in the terrible future, the city of New Los Angeles is at war with crime. The gangs outnumber the cops. Their street fighting has turned the city into a battlefield. Destiny has selected one fighter, one fighter to change the course of history. What awaits him? Will New Los Angeles slip from his fingertips? Or will he be lost in the chaos of a city gone mad? His name is Turbo. And he is the Turbo Cop. <laughs> I don't remember if I wrote that. It's very possible. One of us it did. seems like something you write. All right, that feels like me. Yeah, that's right on the money. All right, so Kev, we're going to get into this background. I, I'm sure the pieces of this will be familiar to you, but I'll share it here publicly. Uh, so I was in high school. 
as one does, went off to college, came back for winter break. So me, Matt, and Jeff all back from college. And we had, I don't know how it started. I think we found Matt's high. And, and, and there are, I know that someone did this part, someone did this part, but I don't remember anymore. So it's going to be all of us did everything. Uh-huh. So we found his high eight camcorder. Okay. And I had read Robert Rodriguez. This is important. I had read Robert Rodriguez's Rebel Without a Crew, which totally changed my whole life. Sure. One could argue for an unrealistic worse. <laughs> but, I, but you know, he was like, you need, to do a movie, you really just need one a camera and someone in front of the camera and someone behind the camera. And that's it. And on a technical level, that is true. The truth is much more complicated, right? And we'll get to that in a minute. But, so I was very invigorated by this, right? So... And, you know, so uh, when Matt was in high school, he got a job, and he used that job to purchase back all the Star Wars toys from his youth off of eBay. All right. So he'd be, you know, hanging out at Matt's house, doorbell rings, he gets a look on his face, gets it, rips it open, Admiral Akbar spills out. So we used those toys, and I don't know, I don't know, I want to say it's me, but I, I, I don't remember, so... We decided we should make a stop motion movie out with those, right? So we did it in one night. We just we we talked we talked about it I think for a couple of days and we just did it in one night. And it was called Hey, that's my dinner. It was about 10 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, I can't I fucking I can't remember a goddamn thing. I can't remember <laughs> if Kiss was in that one or not. I think it was Kiss. All right. What was the fucking plot? I don't know. Also, I, I was, as we were prepared for this, I was like, where are these things? And there's kind of a, you know, like, who cares? And I'm sure. like, I really want to revisit this. <laughs> I do. I think, yeah, it's... <laughs> William the Refrigerator Perry is is one of the characters. And then I can't remember who the other... Oh, Luke Skywalker is the other character. And they go to a planet and kiss all the gods there. And you know whatever. That's, also, that's a cool plan. Was, and the, yeah, right. And it was because Jeff had those McFarlane toys, and yes. you know, it's that idea that one day we learn a lot of money, and that didn't happen. So he's like, "Fuck it, let's just open these." Also, those McFarlane Kiss toys were of the lowest quality, kept falling apart. They were not made to uh, really be played with. Yeah, made to be displayed. Right. And I and I per- super detailed though. Yes, super detailed. Super detailed. But they always misled you because all the packaging was hand painted. Yeah. Like better than the hand painting on the ones that you got. Yeah. What can you do? So then, um, I really enjoyed the animation of that, right? Doing the animation part, and I enjoyed making a thing. And I went back to college and showed all my fucking shitheads that I knew, <laughs> friends, if you will. <laughs> and um, so the next, I feel like I think this is the way it went. The next year during the Christmas thing, we made another one called Dinner Two. Zombies of the Undead, and that was. Uh, have you seen any? You haven't seen any of this shit, no, right? No, 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 no. So that was thirty minutes, and we had, that took us a few days to do thirty minutes, right? So I w- and it came out pretty good. It was funny. There was a well, star. We had a Star Wars action figure. All, also, I should say these are all three inch action figure size, right? Okay. GI Joes, and that one had a, a Wiener Bot, which we just did like the little beep bloops for. <laughs> and it was like it was like a R two D two looking one, but it's more slendular. Okay. Hashtag Wiener Bot. <laughs> Wiener Bot lives. <laughs> And um, that went over well too, and I fucking I can't remember the plot of it other than the police chief. Oh, it's the fridge and someone, and they don't want to be partners. The fridge, William the, William <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, 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 the fridge, and they don't want to be partners. They have to be also the the, uh, <laughs> the police chief is a is a T Rex. I had a T Rex puppet hand puppet toy from uh, Jurassic Park. Yep. And uh, we bought. We was like, they, like we're like, he should be smoking. So we went to the the corner store and we're like, cheapest cigarettes, please. <laughs> Parliament lights. Were they the cheapest cigarettes? Uh, Swisher sweets. I bet you could have gotten the sweets. I bet because we only really needed one. Okay. So then, <laughs> and then yeah. So this was all all on a budget of zero dollars, right? So that and then we edited that all together and it was these things. So at this point, I'm like, we can make a feature, no problem. But I don't want to do three inch action figures anymore because they're very limited. I want to go to 12-inch action figures, which I had a few of from my childhood of toy collection, which, Kev, you know me, you know that that, that garage was full of boxes of bullshit. Absolutely. So, as was as was any boy who had a good childhood. Right. And lots of toys. So, Matt and Jeff made a trailer for uh, Dinner 2, and at the beginning of the trailer said, from the makers of 
like Pexizla and Turbo Cop comes dinner to zombies of the and and I thought that was the fucking funniest shit and ever. Latched right? on to Turbo Cop. And I latched on to Turbo Cop. And I, I know that I did because I was like, Alright dudes, our next thing is gonna be Turbo Cop, which they both summarily dismissed. And I, I protested, and I remember them being like, what would it be about? I'm like, it's about a cop, and he has, like, Street, fight, street Fighter 2 Turbo fighting skills. And, you know, it was like, no, 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 no. And No, it can't be that. It has to be that he's, he's a street fighter, and then he becomes a cop, right? So then we get to talking. So to my recollection, that summer is when we started. We talked about it and talked about it, and that summer is when we started. So... It went from there. It took three years. So, wow. sophomore. Also, it's lame that we call these things sophomore, junior, and senior. Sure. Years two, three, and four of college. <laughs> we, and then we finished it that, summer, that last summer. So, it was all over the summer. Then we go away. Then we come back for the Christmas and we go away. And at some point, Matt started editing it. And then I don't know if he lost interest or if Jeff wanted to take it over or something. But at some point, all the footage went over to Jeff. And then Jeff started editing it. You met Jeff, right? I never have met. No, I guess not. I guess you have songwriter. No. Well, next time he's up here, or you know, because I imagine you're not going to go to the San Francisco Bay Area anytime soon. You never know. Take take a vacation over good good old Bay Area. It's actually an interesting vacation spot because there's a lot of cities in a relatively small area. For sure. Because you go to wine country, you go back to the city, you go to the suburbs. San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. A lot of stuff. A lot of sports up there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, this is all scrambled because I don't know how to talk about this, but all of us, so we didn't, there was no script. We all, That was my next question. Was there a script beforehand? No. We all, we, because we would, because we had no jobs and no lives, right? And, you know, we weren't doing anything other than hanging out with each other. We would just play Mario Kart and talk about this, right? Also NBA Jam. NBA Jam, harder to talk about it because that last two minutes of every game is just like, you know, ter- you know. You don't want to talk to anyone after that. Catch up logic. Yeah. Infuriating. So, no script. We just talk it through. We talked it through and talked it through and talked it through. And then eventually we had, and, you know, I didn't know anything about three-act structure. But eventually we just naturally figured it out. And then as we shot it, we would just talk about a scene, start making it, talk about the next scene, make changes, whatever, whatever, right? So, for the first maybe two years, we shot it all in order, pretty much, or if not in order, slightly out of you know, slightly out of order. And then once Jeff started editing it all together, we had to go back and get some stuff. Some stuff he did by himself, like you'll see. Um, and uh, so I do have to give. Okay, I did most of the stop motion. Matt was behind the camera, and Jeff was oscillating between the two. Right. That's not to say that I never got behind the camera and that Matt never did the puppet things, but that's his thing. So we all did everything and helped out on everything. I will give credit where credit is due. Jeff did edit the majority of it. There's lots of long nights of us just hanging out, like, you know, like watching it, mm-hmm. trying to get him to do changes and stuff. But, like, in terms of he did really put together the rough cut and then the cleaner cut and the cleaner cut. And then we came in and did more and did more and went and shot some stuff and come back and then we put it all together. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it is both accurate. It's both accurate to say it's mostly his thing, but. I don't think that that also doesn't make sense too. You'll see when you see it, you'll see. And I know you don't know Jeff, but you know me and Matt, so you're definitely gonna see me and Matt in there. Sure. So it's it's really all three of us. Um, but I do have to give cre- credit for him because he definitely worked on it by himself the most. You know what I mean? All and right. that and that I don't know. That does mean something, and just it does take him to a different level of it. You know what I mean? Although I do view it as all of ours. So, and on that note, it would be easy to blame something on someone, but we were all equally responsible. <laughs> you know, um, you know, like, you'll see, there's some scenes that I find to be too dark. You know what I mean? And it's like... Dark in content or dark in lighting? Oh, lighting, lighting. Uh, <laughs> lighting, on a technical level. <laughs> content, no. No. Although, although, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So, um... Does Admiral Akbar have some uh, childhood trauma in this one? <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't make the cut. Oh, okay. the cut. All 12-inch now. Production, we had one Hi8 camcorder that we plugged in, but also had a battery. We had one Hi8... You know what I'm talking about, Hi8, yeah. right? One Hi... Is, for those of you who don't know, it was a tape format previous to Mini-DV 
and it was a it looked like a cassette yep. basically and he put it in the camera one high eight tape so we would record ingest it and then re over it and the whole time i was paranoid that we were going to lose all of this shit yep you know that's a dangerous game but that's low budget filmmaking so you may ask yourself what the why were you using a camcorder instead of a still frame camera and the answer to that question was 2008 was a long time ago <laughs> and still you know dslrs were expensive and we didn't have any money and this whole thing was just like we have this stuff we could just do it with nothing you know what i mean um, there's no budget for this movie, but I, I did buy a bunch of toys from the KB outlet store and Goodwill. Oh, and then, KB toys. Yeah, the outlet. Fucking Mitt Romney, you asshole. What? What happened? His uh, Bain Capital like bankrupted that company. Mm. So, you can blame old Mittens for losing KB toys. Fucking Mittens. Uh, also from my, my own personal childhood hoarding, of course. So yeah, there's lots of times where me and Emily would go to like the outlet malls and I'm like, all right, I want to hit the Vansoy and the KB toys. She's like, smoke. You cannot. He's <laughs> like, I'm doing it, baby. I'm doing it. You don't understand my vision. Um, uh, bup, 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 bup. So there's no footage exists outside of the last 30 minutes of whatever we recorded okay. on a tape. Now, traditionally, you would just keep buying new tapes and have all that footage just in case. Not us. Also, I, I, I would be interested to see how that how the constant taping over has degraded that tape but we'll see whatever <laughs> so um that's it for the production of it and we we finished it and then i was gonna wait to say this but i guess it doesn't matter again because 2008 was a long time ago we edited it all together and well, then what'd you use to edit fuck what, what wh- windows movie maker <laughs> maybe I, or maybe like some bootleg version of adobe premiere yeah adobe premiere like yeah or maybe like Maybe like a even like a more tertiary thing like like uh, Sony Vegas or something. I don't okay. even know. Yeah, yeah. I think a question. I don't know. It definitely wasn't Final Cut. This is back when Final Cut was the shit. And yeah, yeah. And, and everybody, that was the future. And now it's oops, the past. Bye, Apple. So um, we recorded the voices after we animated the whole movie. Okay. And then we went back and we had to sync. So we had you'd be playing the movie on the computer to see where you were and then you'd be recording the dialogue onto the tape so it's probably uh, onto the same high eight tape yeah and then ingesting the high eight tape deleting the video portion and then that's so you're gonna see that there's times where it doesn't really it, there's a little bit of not like it doesn't match but it's just a little bit of like not a clean edit sure because we didn't had no we didn't have like a usb mic because that was like $70 or whatever, and we didn't have any money. But yeah, that was as good a method as any, though. Just record it into the camera, ingest, and yeah, delete the video part. And boom, you got an audio track. Our brilliance is only matched by our incompetence. But, <laughs> and, I, and I, I say this with no malice of any kind, but like, when I would tell people about this, or when they would see us doing it, it's like, what are you fucking people? You know what I mean? No one was like, oh, I'll, th- I'll, I'll, you should buy a USB mic. Like, you know, it's like, you should just stop doing this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and no one ever said that. No one was ever like, you should stop doing this. But there were, it was definitely like, like and what is this? How many times have artists been told to stop doing things? Well, that's the thing that, they just kept doing it. That's the thing when they say, it turned out great. That's the thing that, that, and this is what I've learned from this. When people say, you know, it's about uh, being an artist, there's lots of rejection. It's not rejection. It's people don't get what you're doing. And they think it's, and therefore they think it's dumb, right? So you'll have the best idea ever, Kev. Kev, the fucking, you know, avatar level idea, right? You know? I thought we said best. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to defend Avatar. Everyone said that movie has no cultural significance, and I say you're a fascist. That movie is about how imperialism is wrong and environmentalism is good. And the saddest moment in that movie is when a tree falls over. So go fuck yourself. Totally culturally relevant. Tons of quotes from the movie. I'll give you two right now. I love you, Sully. I, so, uh, you do good work here, Sully. I can do ten more just like you. Guy, I heard you, Jake Sully. Guy, I heard you. Two. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> uh, Go to hell. Oh, dear. Uh, what was I talking about? Those, those quotes are unobtainium. You know what it's called. Unobtainium. Because how can I what, what were they hauling in Aliens? Oh, right. No one knows because it fucking doesn't matter. <laughs> Get out of here. Anyways. So, yeah. So, no one was like, you should invest in better equipment or, you know, this could be really good. No one understood it. And 10 years out, 
ish years out. I get that because what the fuck were we talking about? Sure. I'm playing with toys. You know what I mean? Uh, when we would animate, we would have to hold the hold the toys up by their feet. You know, because they're fucking toys. They're not. Yeah. And that you know, and like <laughs> since then, YouTube has come up with anything, and I found out that the trick to that is you could just use like thin metal wire and then you loop it a bunch of times on itself and then that would that's like a stiff arm yeah we did not know that so but somebody figured that out by just doing some weird artistic pursuit that people probably told them not to do yeah so what we did was take glass cups and just stick them in the glass cups oh, so lots of times just out of frame or maybe sometimes in frame <laughs> is a glass cup that they're standing in yeah yeah that's a good little DIY solution, though. It you was. Know, you find a way when you're making low budget. If things. anyone cared about this movie, I'd be more proud. As of this recording, you can find this movie on Vimeo. I might try to upload it on YouTube this weekend, but check it out on Vimeo. Vimeo.com. Search Turbo Cop. It's free. It's in three pieces. Get past the first five minutes of the first thing, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> so, Kev, what was... we've th- That background is also my first experience with the movie. Sure. The primary experience of the movie. What was your first experience with this movie? I assume at some point when we met, I dropped it that, oh, by the way, I've made a full-length stop-motion movie. I've never watched it before, though. Heard you talk about it. I've never watched it, though. So this is going to be totally fresh viewing mm-hmm. going in here. Yeah, that's that's the only background is I it, got. Was there ever a time... Don't take this the wrong way, because I don't hold this against you specifically. Was there ever a time that you're like, I should see that? Sure. You guys made a movie. But, but you haven't seen it. I now. haven't seen it. I'm busy, homie. Apparently. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the same way I would want people to see some of my work from my film school days and my high school days. You just want to see what people were up to. And that It's kind of a time capsule of that moment in your life, too. It really is. It really is. And this was the first time in my life, because I finished this movie when I was 21? Or two? That sounds right. So I was like 21 or 22. And it was the first time I learned, really coagulated my mind, that just because you create something doesn't mean anyone has to care. Just because you create something doesn't mean anyone has to care. And I don't mean care in the sense of like, you know, when you say, I don't care about that, it's like like a dismissive thing. I just mean like, oh, just, yeah, I I just... yeah, no, I'm just not interested, not in a personal way, right? So when I first moved to LA, I was working on a short movie, and this producer dude, who I thought was cool at the time, and looking back on it, was much more of a douchebag than I gave him credit. But he seemed so normal at the time. Yeah. But you know, he was. It was like a lot of like it was like um, a lot of my friends from college. It was like my friend from college and some of his friends, and then they got me on there, and we're working for free. And he's like, you know, he's like asking people what they wanted to do. So he's like, hey man, what do you want to do, Mister Jibber Jabber? And I said, I want to write and direct. And he's like, and he had this lined up, right? He had that little, like, I'm a, I'll fucking show these kids. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, what have you done? What have you done to, like, show that you could do that? I'm like, well, I wrote, directed, and made a full-length stop-motion movie. And he was stunned by this. Like, he's like, oh. Well, and that's how I expected people to react when I told them, right? Because, yeah. like, fucking, have you made a movie? No. Yeah, I've made shorts, but no feature length. No, and not, a lot of people that talk about that want to make movies never even touched a camera right. before. And not you, but the proverbial you, Kev. Because okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at you, Kev. Gotcha. But I'm mad at this guy. Because looking back on this, I'm like, I was a kid, and he's like doing this to me. So he's like, so then he recovers enough to be, like, oh well, but is it is it online? Like, how can I see this thing? I'm like, yeah, it's on Vimeo. Just go to Vimeo and type it in. Turbo Cop, simple. And he's like, well, I would need a link. And I walked away from that being like, man, maybe I should like have that on a link or something. And I'm like, no, dum-dum, he doesn't actually give a fuck. And he never gave And he went in that conversation not giving a fuck. And he was just trying to big league me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that like, you either care about that or you don't. You know what I mean? And it's like, especially when, it's especially bad. Like, because like for most people, I just tell them that. And that, it's like unsolicited, right? But he solicited that. And then I gave it to him, and then he didn't want it. So it's like, so you're a dick. Everyone else is not a dick, right? Because they didn't, they didn't ask for it, right? They, they, no one asked me to make a movie. This guy was like, well, you want to make a movie? How come you haven't done it yet? And I did do it. So that, that was the weird thing where it's like, you're soliciting me to have done something, and I did it, and then now you're like refusing to accept it. His delivery. only response was the, the one he probably always gets, and that's no. 
Right. They didn't have anything ready for AES. Yeah. Bitches. So anyways, uh, yeah, so I thought that was on me, but, you know, it's not. It's just, uh, it's what it is. So my, my counterpoint to that argument, though, is uh, it's cheap to write a poem, good or bad. Right? Get some paper. Jot some notes. You don't, you don't even need it. You just think the thoughts in your head. Making a movie, it's hard to make a movie, good or bad. Right? That was uh, Orson Welles' quote. You know it. He said, a great novelist needs a typewriter. A great painter needs a brush and a canvas and some paint. And a great filmmaker needs an army. Yeah. It's hard making a movie. <laughs> and it was. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. People don't realize that until you really get in the shit. There's a, there's they, a lot. They think Captain America happens by accident. You just you just make it. You just put it in the computer and you got a ship falling down. Yeah. No. No. That's a lot of goddamn Hit work. the action button. Explosion button. One of the best work. documentaries I ever saw about making a movie is a special feature on Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> it's called Within a Minute. And it takes a minute of the film. It's part of the final fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And it looks at every single step of the movie-making process that went into making that one minute of film. Writing, producing, shooting, special effects. Wardrobe. Wardrobe. Every little tiny piece that went into making that. And it was fascinating. Right. And shows you... Just how much work and how many people it takes. Now, granted, it's a Star Wars movie. There's a lot of technical CGI type stuff. But it's how many people it takes to make one minute. Multiply that by, what, 136 minutes. Right. You know? That's a great example. I mean, your your Instagram account is, you know, like when you when people have a social media account and it's dedicated to something. And you're like, yeah, this sucks. It's like, yeah, but someone thought about all of those posts. And someone took care to do all of them, right? And that's the same thing, right? It's like, that movie sucks, but God damn it, some people probably put some late goddamn nights in to make sure that all those lightsabers looked exactly the same and really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, with this movie, there was lots of uh, nights where I bitched all night about being too cold. I didn't under... I was such a child where it's like, yeah, if you're cold, you could wear like, you know, two t-shirts and like two sweaters and like yep. two pairs of socks. Lost on me. <laughs> If you had a headache, you could take some Advil. Nope, some people just stew with the headache. Right. Just saying. Right. <laughs> so uh, there were some nights where Matt was uh, watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air while me and Jeff uh, were animating these puppets. And it's like, Matt, did you get that last one? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And there were also nights, to be fair to Matt, where we made him stay up all night and then he had to go work at Panera Bread the next day, like, with on no sleep. And he was like, yeah, I can't do this. And we were like, come on, don't be a bliss. <laughs> you know? Um, so Kev, you like stop motion movies. I'm sure. not gonna say this is gonna be fucking Fantastic Mr. Fox because it's not. <laughs> it's exactly what I said it is, right? It's okay. It's a zero budget movie. Sure, you know. But I think there's there's worthiness into that as much as any mm-hmm. kind of art form. You are just making this out of pure passion, and I want to see that passion come through. Indeed. So you're familiar with the writers and directors. Indeed. Does, I have to imagine that helps because I've. It'll be interesting to see because it's like, if you don't know us, and especially now that I'm like older, I'm like, and at the time it's like, we were very in our own little bubble in terms of everything. It's like, if you don't know me, would this movie even make sense? Right? (laughs) And I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see what I can glean from it. Let's revisit that on the back end. Before we start, uh, before we, uh, Emily was like, oh, you guys are going to do Tropicop? Is that the one with the dinosaurs? I was like, no. No, it's not. She's like, oh, okay. Which one was that one? So, I don't know if she's going to watch this with me, but yeah, we'll see we'll what see. happens. We'll see what happens. Um, oh, and also I should say before we start, uh, I understand how absolutely narcissistic this is, but I, you know, this was a joke 50 weeks ago, and you know, I never thought the future would come because I'm living in the past, so uh, it's pretty weird to be here right now, but go. it but is what it is. This is the perfect season to do it. Yeah, right? Hundred everybody else's movies, look at ours. Yeah. So, 101 episode, here we go. Here we go. And we're back. We're back. Kev, we're back. Kev, I watched my movie, Turbo Cop. 
on the Vimeo app on my Roku device. Oh, very so good. I was able to watch it on TV. Um, watched it with Emily, who had not seen it in 10 years. And not to undercut what we're talking about, but she definitely liked it a lot more than the first time she saw it. <laughs> and she was like, I didn't, I didn't really know Matt or Jeff, you know, and now I get it. And I was like, oh, interesting. All so right. not to undercut anyone's opinion of anything, um, but what'd you think? So I watched it on Vimeo on my computer. Mm-hmm. I, I could have queued it up on my TV. But I just uh, what the fifty-five inch TV, sixty-inch TV, sixty-inch <laughs> TV. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it's but you, you said you chose a, a thirteen-inch laptop, but it's okay. Twenty-inch monitor. Listen, it ain't it ain't <laughs> ever gonna play the Cinerama Dome. That's for sure. <laughs> so. Under the guise, I tried to remove myself as much as possible from it in terms of who you guys are, and it's no budget and all this stuff. I gotta say, there is some impressive stuff in here. Ah, very good. You guys, what impressed me the most, you don't take any shortcuts with some of the animation. With stop motion, you can get lazy and be like, oh, we could do the sequence this way, but let's just like hammer it out this way. No. You guys have lots of different angles. Yeah. You do all use a lot of different movie techniques. You don't kind of stick to one thing or the other. It doesn't really wear out its welcome in terms of what you're trying to do. And there is some, well, kind of ramshackle. There's good animation <laughs> in it. <laughs> um, yeah, all of the bad stop motion is just because of cop. It was just because we, sure. you know, it's like having a, you know, not good. It was there was never any shortcut attempted. And I will agree with you, which shocked me, where it's like, like there's some scenes where it's kind of like a handheld shot uh-huh. on someone talking, and I'm like, I forgot we did that. Like, I forgot that. And it's like, we were watching movies that whole four years, so I think yeah. we were learning as we went. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that first five minutes is... is <laughs> that's dark. It's dark, and it's like, are, what is happening? Yeah, there are some grossly underlit scenes, yeah. sure. Didn't have a light bulb? You didn't take a top off a lamp and just kind of hold it up well, eventually we did there we go eventually so. we did. my mom was like why is my lamp outside like, oh sorry I'll be here. <laughs> but um also if you've never been to my mom's house you have now because we shot every inch of that fucking thing <laughs> from the bathroom to the kitchen yep. my room that's just what you gotta do you know you use the location you can get to yeah you're DIY in a movie I do think I do think that and again I have to take responsibility for this as much as I don't want to but for the shots that are too dark there was that was always like brought up like oh this is too dark and then someone was always like no it'll be fine or there's a glare or whatever and it's like you know we didn't have a monitor we had like a you know we had like a two inch SD screen you know it's something you learn when you're making movies for the first time Mm -hmm. it's way better to kind of overlight something and then you can tone it down in post but you cannot fix like if something's too dark because the camera is literally just not capturing information, so you can't do anything with it. Uh, this is correct, and it is a legitimate complaint with the movie. Because like, the, so, it, I mean, there it, are scenes we just you don't know what's going on, and it sucks. Is the the opening shot is that way? You know what I mean? It's like that's the wrong way to start. So, but uh, um, oddly enough, <laughs> this reminded me of a stop motion movie mm. to show that stop motion does not need to be this perfect fluid nightmare before christmas type thing to work there's a little french animated movie called a town called panic Hmm. it's kind of ramshackle stop motion by design and it's really charming and it's really funny and it totally makes this world that works in that style and it reminded me oddly of your movie Hmm. turbo cop it's you can make it it doesn't have to be like this flawless thing to tell a good entertaining story and so, you know, as I was watching it, it's like, I see your obvious influences. You guys watch a lot of John Carpenter, <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, Street Fighter type movies. It's oh, a, lot, a lot of Warriors. Yeah. Of course, so, some, uh, too dir- much direct homage, AKA ripoffs <laughs> of lines from the Warriors. And, um, and your love of pro wrestling comes through in the, uh, pro wrestling scene <laughs> which, I, which at one point i was ashamed of and then later now i'm like no i love this it totally works yeah in that movie. and again you guys don't take any shortcuts you have this huge cast 
Uh-huh. You're all doing different voices, although you, you couldn't find a girl to do the girl's voice. We could not. <laughs> we could not. That sounds about right. You know, back in my movie making days, it's like, okay, I need a girl. Wait, we're all nerds. Hold on. Well, like <laughs> we're going to get a girl. And, and beyond, and that was that was the first half, Kevin. The second half is like, it's like, okay, so you need, you'd have to, we don't know how we're going to record this sound. You're probably going to have to record it. While you're watching it and fit it into the thing, and then people are just like, I just don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and also it's like, like I feel like in LA, it's ironic. And I was talking to Corey, our mutual friend Corey, by this, where he's like, when he was in 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 where he's from, when I was from the Bay Area, it's like it just felt like a struggle to oh to find someone to do something with you, and and then we moved to LA, and it's like I think I've been less productive in LA than I was anywhere else but there's probably more willing people to do it here than anywhere else because sure. like over there people would be like we'd be not Turbo Cop Turbo Cop was always our thing right but for something else like for making another short or whatever people would be like well how long is it going to take and it's like I don't know we're going to shoot like 8 hours on Saturday and 8 hours on Sunday and like all weekend and it's like yeah, yeah that's what we're going to do you know and I, I remember that, that always being a battle you know what I mean you know it's uh it's probably in that book Robert Rodriguez wrote, but he said you could pick three, two of three, cheap, good, and fast. Mm-hmm. You can have two out of three, and so yeah, if you want to do cheap and good, that means you're like shooting on the weekends and you get one day. That's why it takes you three years to make a movie like Turbo Cop. And uh, when you guys were doing movies, did anybody ever get suspicious of you when you were running around with a camera? That was we got a lot of that. In that, was, that was always my deepest fear. And it's a weird thing is even now when I go back to the part of the Bay Area that I'm from, I always think like people can see and it's like the reality is like you walk around at night and it's it's very brightly lit, but it's dead. Yeah. But it's like the idea that you do anything bad at night, you're like, someone's going to know. Yeah. And like in L.A., I'm like, dude, someone can walk naked down the street. And the thing is, in L.A., you don't think anyone's going to care. Yeah. It's (laughs) the the difference is in Spokane in in, in, uh, Mountain View. It's like. If people see it, they're gonna say something. You know what I mean? Well, and when when I was doing movies, that was right around Jackass was huge at that time, at the peak of its powers, and there were a lot of copycats in Spokane doing stuff, and we always had that stigma, like people giving us side eye or yelling at us because they thought that's what we were doing. It's like, no, I'm making like this music video or (laughs) this like semi funny comedy. I thought it was funny. Like, I'm not doing anything malicious, but just when they see a camera and kids running around with it, there's just this immediate, like, panic that goes in. Yeah. Them, so. Yeah. For Turbo Cop, I think there's very few outside shots. Yeah, and I mean, then, yeah you got, it's different with this because it's almost all, like right. you said, every inch of the home you... Did you grow up in this house? Yeah. Right. My mom still lives there. There you go. Yep. So, good on her. Uh, there's a new floor in the kitchen now. That scene wouldn't work anymore. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's some shots we saw outside in front of Jeff's mom's house, and I was always like, fuck, dude, like, when the car drives by, it's like, you know, like, when they, they say something to us or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. If we did it now, I don't know if I would care, because I'm an adult. You know what I mean? I felt like a kid when we made this movie. Sure. And it's different when it's like, oh, these are, like, grown-up people doing it, as opposed to teenagers making something, and there's always that. hmm that suspicion to it you know so when i was watching this i was texting with matt and jeff and uh matt was like it should have been called turbo cop not the battle for new los angeles it should have been call, called a postmodern nihilistic existential fairy tale all right which is what it is <laughs> i it, and basically the plot is street fighter meets the warriors if cyrus was not killed yep pretty much i do regret the uh, the just ripping off that whole speech from the warriors it totally that kind of a speech fits. We should have just rewritten it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah, it's if you don't know what the Warriors is, it's fine. But if you know, it's like it's just it's just it, we're it, just taking that whole speech. It's literally just the Warriors, right. <laughs> which to us was funny. I think it was funny For at sure. the time. And that's something you do. It's like oh, directors pay homage all the time, so I'm gonna pay homage. But you don't know how to do it subtly. No, know? I mean you being me and you and anybody else who's ever made. An homage type thing. Because I feel like we're doing that well. I feel like we did that well with the Street Fighter stuff where we're using all the sound effects. Yeah. And then in the end of the movie, the guy throws a fucking Hadouken. Yep. And also, did you notice Snake does the M. Bison roll? Yep. Indeed, I did. <laughs> now, I, I enjoyed that particularly a lot. And um, looking back, 
I fought against that fucking Prince dance number, right. you know, at the time. And, it, and I was really pissed off that we used a Duracell battery. I'm like, we can make something out of clay or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm happy those were in there. It's, but, it's fucking funny. Again, it has that just ramshackle feel to it. And if you do it right, it just has that charm yeah. to it. Yeah. It like, yeah, if, if you're going to do one, it would stand out like if everything was perfect, but then you had the battery. It's like, just do it. A battery, a wrench is his like drum is his drumstick. You know, it's like let's just do the whole thing that way and yes. create this weird DIY world. Right, and it's and you guys, I feel like you really do make that world, and that's tough to pull off. Thank you, so I appreciate. I'm genuinely that. impressed. I appreciate that. Now, the sound in this movie is all over the place. Elaborate, hey, although I, I agree of, with you, but just elaborate. A lot of chunks of silence, and this is. Just audio mixing that you just learn. You don't know it until you do it. When you record your voice, there is room tone. And if that room tone is not consistent, you hear it. Because yeah. it's like, turbo cop, and then... Uh, yes, 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 yes. You're completely right. You, but it wouldn't be hard to remix. It would not be hard to remix. And I think about that now. You could do it. And I'm like, well, if, I got it, if I got this shit into a, a, a color correction like software, could I... Brighten up some of these scenes. I think a lot of them aren't salvageable. Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate your honesty. I, I t- I'm removing myself as much as possible because I want to give you an honest opinion. No, please do. And I, and this, but this is the thing. I think we talked about this last episode of my memory serves, but this is the kind of thing that you learn in film school. It was room tone, right? And that's the thing at my fucking, I don't even want to call it a film school, at my college, that's the kind of shit. The professor said, he said, there's no way to teach film. And proceeded to not teach film. <laughs> and I get, I like the idea of you saying, there's no way to teach film, but here's what I know. But he didn't he didn't impart any knowledge. So it's so, like... <laughs> so those who can't do teach and those who couldn't teach taught there is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to name any names because, you know, fucking whatever. But it's just like that attitude. It's like if he had explained what room tone was, the sound in this movie would be better. Would it be good? It'd be better. But it's not better. It's worse. But it's something you... It's also one of those things you discover as you make it. And then you go, well, how do you fix that? And then you either read a book, you watch a documentary, you do something, and you learn, oh, hmm. this is what audio mixing right. does. Also, um... And why they give an award for it at the Academy Awards. Because right. it is hard. Also, I'm sure our mutual friend Crystal... And Crystal, if you're listening, watch Turbo Cop. Uh... A mutual friend, Crystal, could probably go through this movie in 30 minutes, animate all of their mouths, just if I wanted, just like an open close. Sure. Because that is a weird thing, too, where everyone is talking. I feel like you know who's talking. Yeah, you don't get lost too much. But it would be nice if people's mouths were moving. Again, it might take away a little something. It might. It might. Because, you know. I don't don't know if you need it. So I I do. Your guys' shot language is good enough that you know who's talking. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. And you do like. Audio overlays on like you know because the usual DIY one is like if the person's on screen they're talking and then moving over it's but that's not how an audio mix works people are talking off camera mm-hmm. on a shot that you did not shoot that dialogue on but you overlay the audio part on that and then it's a more natural flow of things it's true takes a lot of effort it, it makes does something look effortless mm-hmm. um no it's true right if you, if you do it right no one notices yep uh, and I do, and I, and like I said, I used to regret that that wrestling sequence, and now I like it. You know, it was fun. It's fun. Fun parts of the movie. Well, and the thing, the thing I like is that there's definitely exclamation points on this movie that are us not giving a fuck, and I might never make another movie again. So I think it was important for us to be true to ourselves, who we were at the time, because. Like, that hot tub sequence is in there because fuck you. Because everyone is naked in this scene. There's never a movie... If, if we made this into a live-action movie, it's like, you know, Snake would be played by Tom Hardy, and Turbo would be played by fucking... Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. <laughs> and no one's going to get naked for this hot tub shot, right? Sure. But we got everyone naked because it's puppets and we don't give a shit. And, like, uh, in college, everyone was so... Co- like they were so eager to sell out. There was this like we we're gonna make a music video one time, and I'm like, oh, we should use a a cursive song, right? Yeah, the band cursive. The band cursive. And the guy, the people I was working with there, and I had this whole idea, and we're gonna do this thing, and it's gonna be a dream sequence, and blah blah blah. And like everything is good, but we don't like this song. And I was like, well, what's wrong with the song? And like it's not commercial enough. 
And then I was like, is it, you don't really like it? And you're, but they were like, let's do a hymn song, the band Hymn, because yeah, yeah. that was popular at the time. And it's like, you just want to do, it's like, you're chasing success, but with no artistry. You know what I mean? And that's something I like about this is that this is just us being fucking idiots. You know what I mean? And for better or for worse, we're true to that, right? It's like, does it? Who's watching this fight between Mangeef and Turbo? You know what I mean? Also, this this fucking thing is littered with stupid bullshit like Mangeef, yep. uh, Terry Spiderman, which I laughed out loud when I saw. I forgot about that. The the phrase KB four two six niner is repeated throughout the whole movie. Yep. It's on the keyboard. It's the gun. Yep. It's like when they call something in, it's KB four two. We have a KB four two six niner. That's is that funny? It's funny to me. The the name Cliff Canyon is the best name on the planet. <laughs> Jeff, what, what's the girl's name? Uh, oh shit! It's she had Cl- a great name too. Every, Jeff came up with all the names. I think I believe. So there's Turbo, Cliff Canyon, Rockstone, Rockstone, Missy, no Brooke. I remember it was good. It's Brooke something. I can't remember. Ah oh, fuck! You pay it off with the. Uh, the credits at the end where it's fake character actors playing the fake characters. Also, uh, the guy who plays Akira, or, uh, the, the FBI agent, mm-hmm. a- Adrian Akira, what's his name? Adrian Akira? What's that his name? Whatever. That's, that name is a repeated name. That guy was in Dinner 1 and Dinner 2. Of course. <laughs> Kasei Wong. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. So yeah, there's some real good, you can see the cult film roots embedded in it yeah that's what's good it's it tells you instantly like these are this is what you watch and i know this is what you watch but even if i didn't know who you were i could tell yeah uh, you know whether it was a direct ripoff the warriors but you also do it through the style of the synth music the way the characters talk the way they're dressed the machinations of the plot it's like this is like two steps down from a John Carpenter movie, but it's pretty close to being a new wave Carpenter movie. <laughs> Indeed. So. And I think that's all on the performance of Matt and Jeff's uh, voice work, which is fucking fantastic. Like, legitimately good. Like It is, imp- yeah, Only you guys are the only three that did any voices, but you never confuse the two characters. Anyone, anyone's characters. Like, yeah, yeah there's scenes where, where, where Jeff is talking to himself, and he literally, because we didn't have the technology, I cannot stress to you how technologically feeble we did this with. He's literally... <laughs> Switching voices as quick as he can. So he's like, you know, he's being Brock, and then he switches to, to Brooke, you yeah. know what I mean? And um, and then, like, Matt's, like, just Matt being honestly Matt, like, oh, I was, we we're going to take him down, but we were blinded by that smoke grenade. Fucking <laughs> 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 so stupid, but it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. And there's like, there's, like, things that he did, like, there's, like, he's, like, there's a scene where he says, thank you, Brooke, but there's just a little chuckle in... Brooke, like, thank you, Brooke. Yeah, like, like, like that. And I don't know, it's perfect. Also, I am fucking terrible in this movie. Uh, I, you're not. I do ter- I do Turbo. Yep. And yeah, I'm like, I feel like I'm trying to do like Wentworth Miller, but like Bobo Wentworth Miller. And I can't tell like, was my voice different, or could have been, or is am I am I doing that? I don't remember at this point. It's a good question, but um, yeah, I, I oddly didn't find any of it like distracting. Nobody's showboating. Nobody's trying to go too over the top. Mm-hmm. You're just doing these characters. Yeah. And you define these characters. And yeah, it really did feel like it was impressive that only three guys did all the voices. Yeah. Again, it's possible to do. Like you don't need a big budget. You don't need to be a pro. If you got a story, just go out there and do it yeah. any way you can. Yeah. I will say I should also say before we wrap this up that I don't think very much of it got cut out, if anything. I think maybe a little bit got cut out. No no in terms of like like, maybe we redid it or made it more clear. I think, like, um, <laughs> like uh, when the FBI guy is doing the, the, the PowerPoint, that was like, it was like, we need to explain what's going on better, you know yeah. what I mean? So that was like a, a thing that just Jeff did. He, he did all of that in um, Photoshop, and then it was like, oh, no, so yeah. what's, what's the slideshow? What's the slideshow thing called? PowerPoint. PowerPoint. He did, the power, he did it in PowerPoint. Wow. So then he just kept clicking through, you know, to, to go from the, the slides yeah. or whatever. Uh, also, Cliff, when when Cliff gives his, uh, when he gives his PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> shoop, 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 shoop. We all played with those effects. So good. Also, I like uh, Neo York. Is it Mexico? Good fit. Mexico City, now New York. Nation's <laughs> capital. United Confederation of States. Every little stupid thing like that, like, is 
100% what I like, right? Of course. Like, it, the tone of, because uh, any movie like Escape from New York or Big Trouble in Little China or in that mold, there's always an obsession with cities and like, yes. where they are right. and what they're doing yeah. now. And it's, for some reason, that's just a through line that's gone through like every B movie that's ever been made, you know? And so it's those kind of little touches. It's like, you guys truly understand what makes those movies tick. I like my. I love how like when uh, Cliff meets up with Turbo and he's like, "Oh, I thought it's like I, I, we saw Snake. He was over by the Staples Center." It's like, yep, <laughs> so stupid. Does anything? Do Do you like like? We took a lot of we took a lot of pride in having Turbo just be killed, and then Brooke. It doesn't really make sense. Like, why does Brooke and Brooke and uh, it's weird. Like, Turbo is killed, quote unquote. And then Brooke and uh, Cliff leave. And then Turbo shows back up to kill Snake. So it's like the implication of that scene is that they saw him get up. They know he's alive. They split back up. They went over to the Staples Center. He went to the this. He went, he went to the, the casino. And then, you know what I mean? Like, we don't explain any of that. Did that come with, Was that just like, what? Why is he back? Or is, nah, is it just silly enough that it works? It's just silly enough that it works. I'm not going to throw too much shade at <laughs> This complicated plot. <laughs> and I do, I, I don't know, man. I, I do like Snake as a villain. I feel like he's an entertaining villain. He is. Something sorely lacking in movies these days. There aren't too many entertaining villains anymore. Where'd they all go? I don't know. It's a bummer. Uh, do you have, do you, my favorite scene in the movie has to be the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> it has to be the um, hot tub scene. The hot tub scene is good. It would totally work just live action in a like hard R B movie. And then I think all the fight scenes are good. They're well put together and you know what's going on. And you're just playing with toys and just figuring just out play, the movements. Just figure it out, you know, and that's impressive. So I feel like the the end scene where they're fighting in I'm gonna say I know it's my mom's garage, but in a warehouse. Yep. I feel like that one to me is the best one because it and because we had all this space and lighting was was what 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 was you know you could have them do like you know like fucking kung fu slides and shit you know what I mean and you know have it look cool. Uh, I kind of I kind of love and but wish we maybe we came up with a different solution when he puts a guy through a table you can see the DVDs that stack that make the table yeah, yeah, they yeah. fall out it's like <laughs> eh, it's okay. Uh, is anything not we talked is anything not work in this movie we talked about how I think we should have redone the opening scene I think it's just way too dark yeah I mean and, there's a lot of scenes that are way too dark and again, but that one in particular because other scenes are too dark but you you kind of if you're following it you can follow it it's like who's talking what are they talking we, we really just throw you into this fucking thing there's no like what are we talking about where are we who are these people yeah they're having a street fight Although I will say, when when the opening is like, yeah. that shit made me laugh out loud. Uh, the old Capcom opening. Uh, Let's hope notes. Capcom never find out about this, by the way. In Prince. Well, yeah. he, he can't do nothing about that now, yeah. can he? <laughs> it's a state, though. Any other, any other things that... Uh, we talked about too much words, dialogue, too dark. Uh, my voiceover is not good. Does he Hadouken only at the end? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> the Hadouken. Be cool if we saw it like maybe he does it a little bit earlier and he kind of harnesses the power of the Hadouken. Yeah. And then at the end, as the big climax, he figures out the Hadouken. If I was to redo this movie or add stuff to it, I would add, even like in Tekken, when you do like a powerful move, how it sparks. Yeah. I would do that, where when he hits like a really powerful move on someone, it like it's like as if there's physical fire being created from it. Yeah. So then. Eventually, you build up to that thing, but I think we were just like, "Fuck it, have him throw a Hadouken," you know? Yeah. We've been—I think in our minds, we had been teasing Street Fighter this whole time with all the Street Fighter Sorry noises, which I love. I love when someone gets knocked out; they do the, yeah. you know, yeah, the the Street Fighter like kick Freak. noises, yeah. <laughs> also, also when Mangeef brings out the fucking, <laughs> he brings out the fucking uh, chainsaw. Yep. Good stuff. I think after a hundred episodes of a podcast, I think I would have been able to do a better job with the voiceover. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. 
Um, yeah, anything else Anything else that you don't like? No, I mean, it's, you know, I'm never going to knock some... Again, it's low budget, obviously. Yeah, zero, but, zero, literally zero. But it lives in its little world. And that's the most important thing a movie, I think, can do is one, not be boring. Yep. And two, you got to create a world that everything that goes towards that world is believable. So, an example of that not working, I'm going to say The Conjuring 2. Ooh! When, for a horror movie, it's pretty low, low-fi scares. But then they have this sequence in the middle with this big CGI character bumbling around. And it doesn't work within that world that they create. And it stands out. You guys, on the other hand... <laughs> Yeah, you can use a battery as a microphone because <laughs> you know because we were clearly on somebody's kitchen floor on like an overturned bowl as a as a stage police transport. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like <laughs> if you create that world, it can work. Yeah, and that's the world building's about the most important part. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, that's it's impressive stuff, and I really do recommend watch a town called Panic. It's this goofy French movie, but it shows that it doesn't. Just because it's not perfect, quote unquote, doesn't mean it can't be good. And I and I agree with you. And I, and I think there is a charm. Like there's at one point Brock is yelling at someone, and all of a sudden his arm is just up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like I like how we just did that. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I, I I was impressed with some of the some of the the, the things that we had the foresight to do. Like <laughs> like when the guy gets also like the end fight when when all the gang shows up and they start fucking hacking up the cops. Yeah, it's like super violent. That was all. That was definitely. I was definitely pushing for that. For sure, it was worth it. We need and some violence. We definitely went down to the Goodwill and bought the, a cheap statue, and then just the, for that fight scene, we yep. just take a little chisel to it. That's good stuff too. Like you guys figured out a way. Like how are we going to show? You know, obviously we don't have bullets flying through, but how can we show it in this scene? And yeah, you just one frame at a time, just chip that away. That's good technique mm-hmm. right there. You're just doing it. And there was no test. You know what I mean? It was like, if this doesn't work, I guess we got to buy another one. Test budget? Fuck no. No. Just do it. No no test budget. Uh, And yeah, just Terry Spider-Man is my fucking... Terry Spider-Man. is my favorite shit. Um, So Emily liked it 10 years out. She's like, yeah, I didn't understand it at the time. I think I needed to meet Matt and I needed to get to know Matt and Jeff and like kind of more of your guys' weird stuff. You know what I mean? Do you think that's true? That you think if you're not a child of the 90s, this is not going to make any sense? I don't know about that, but you do have to have an appreciation for, like, B-movie sci-fi and why it's great. (laughs) And then just a realizing that it's three guys making their little passion project, you know? It's fueled by nothing but passion. And if you like that, this can totally work for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, do we want to do a director's edition and clean up some stuff? It could work. Maybe. But you don't want to take too much away from it either. You want to, you want to, if I you find that. You don't want to polish it too much, you know. Uh, well, I mean, also, I mean, I don't want to take it to this level, but I think there's only so much polishing that this Chrome will do. You, you know what I mean? A little revamp of the audio and you'd be set, I think. Do you want to, if, if I was able to find the, the actual, like, I don't even know what it would be, MP, MP4 of this, would you be willing to help, Kev? We could try it. Sure. Yeah. Get some consistent room tone in there. Feather the edges of the dialogue parts so that they don't quite stand out as much. Yeah, there's little techniques you can do where those sudden cuts in room tone, you just sort of... My technique was always fade in, fade out. Yeah. Like a really quick, like... You're not even a quick one. Just only try and get as much audio as possible and then get rid of it. And then consistent room tone throughout, it blends it pretty well. Yeah. That's good. It could totally work. And then just pump the fucking gain. <laughs> On those dark shots. On those dark shots. Pump those fucking gain. I also I also like how we mixed, like, so the casino, we shot a casino scene that didn't work. And Jeff went back and he found that stock footage of a casino and he put it in there. Yeah. Um, I like how we mixed, like, live action shots in there, too. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I do love this movie. It's I, fun. I, I am happy that we made it. I'm I proud mean, of it. Yeah, I mean, I've never made a feature length. I've only made shorts, but it takes... And what's impressive with this is you don't feel the quality dip off towards the end, whereas you would feel that with a lot of movies like this because you're just out of energy, out of money. You just want to... You're more concerned about getting it done than getting it right. But I feel you guys stay pretty consistent with the whole thing. I feel like 
as the movie goes on linearly, it gets better technically. Yeah. Right. It's like at the end, there's like cool, like as we learned what framing was, right? I think when we started this movie, I don't know if it, I don't even know if I've even taken the introduction to, to video production. Yep. And by the time it's at the end, it's like we have better light. You know, we have like we found a fucking helicopter toys. So now we have that. <laughs> you know, which I I had higher hopes for. We should have painted it. It's, I mean, there's a million things where I was like, why didn't I just try to paint something or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. But but yeah. But then how much would it have added? You know, maybe when you do it there. But now it's there and it's just part of the charm of the thing. Sure. So. Sure. Uh, is there anything else you got, Kev? That's it. Do you like this movie and does it work? I do like it. It does work. It has a charming roughness to it. Sometimes a little too rough. <laughs> but when you realize it's a no-budget feature-length movie, it's just good that it exists at all. <laughs> so. uh, I do like it. And, and I I have enough time away from it where I could just see it for what it, like for what it was supposed to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think when we first made it, it was like, fuck. Like, we had this idea. I forgot everything about that we didn't do. The things I wanted that I didn't get. The things that I got, but they turned out not to be the right decision. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm glad I lost. And there's a lot of battles I lost, and I'm glad I lost. I'm glad there's a silly song in there. You know what I mean? So. Exactly. And that's what you also learned about filmmaking is everybody wants to say, like, oh, it was the auteur. It was the director. That It's all of this. It's like, no, there's a lot of battles that go on. Mm-hmm. Some are won, some are lost, but... You know, ultimately, once you realize in the bigger picture, it made the movie what it is, then it's like that was the right decision. Yeah. You know? So, a sequel pitch or fan theory? Anything you got? We could definitely do a sequel to it. Uh, Turbo Cop. We gotta get to New York. We gotta see what's going on there. Turbo we, Cop. We new, new Turbo Los Cop Angeles. Two: The Fall of New York. There we go. The FBI versus Turbo's gang. Yep, I like it. Um, I also think a live action remake would be fun and you funny. You totally do. This this almost works as like an animatic for an entire live action. It does. It really would. I thought there's a couple <laughs> years ago where I was like, I should just make this do a screenplay and try to then you know talk. I haven't talked to Matt enough about that, but like, and then just have that in my back pocket, mm-hmm. uh, and then be like, here's what I wanted it to look like. Yeah, it's like that's, this. That's basically pre visualization all done for you, mm-hmm. and then you just put the camera in front of it and shoot it. Um. And then I kind of want to make another stop motion thing. I've been I've been thinking about doing something like that for like almost ten years now. It might be the right time. I don't have any plan. I just think that like maybe I'm into the concept again. Because I was looking at some of that stop motion, and I was like, I got pretty for toys. I got pretty decent at that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, so. uh, uh, that's all I got. So I got two. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to our conversation. Come back and join us on the next episode. This episode written by me, Mr. Jibber Jabber. Music by Jeff Russell. Kev, thanks for being here. Me? Thanks for uh, making me finally watch this thing. Yeah. Oh, that's the last question. Was it, did did you make the right decision in waiting? Yeah, I think I did. I did. I wanted to watch it with a critical eye. You know, it happened when it happened. It did. Listen, we're trying to get those views up. (laughs) I might, I don't know. I might try to bust out. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully, I. I think I have my this old hard drive underneath my bed. Hopefully, it turns on, and I don't know. Maybe I'll try to upload it to YouTube as one big thing. See if you can. Um, we are speaking cinema. You are listeners. UBU. Thank you for your digital patronage. See you in the next life, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs>